You are tuned in to KWTF 88.1 FM Bodega Bay and streaming around the world at kwtf.net. This is Spilling Rubies. I am your host, Tristy Taylor. And because as Clarissa Pinkoli Estes once said, to create, one must be willing to be stone stupid, to sit upon a throne on top of a donkey and spill rubies from one's mouth. I know I've been uh, out of touch for quite a while, uh, and there's a very good reason for that. Um, I have gone through a deep and sad personal tragedy, so if you're not ready to hear about sadness and death and grief, I suggest you uh, listen to something else. Okay, now it's just us. Uh, my husband passed away in his sleep uh, two, over two months ago, and uh, he was only 40 years old, and it was a shock and a surprise and a heartbreak. And since that's happened, my life has become pretty topsy-turvy on a number of levels, uh, including losing my podcast studio. So I just got my little radio set up, all set up here in my little house, and I'm making this hour about grief and about death and about losing your love and your best friend and your partner in life. So I'm glad you could join me. Thank you for being brave. And I'll see you on the other side.
I wish I was the moon tonight. I wish I was the moon most nights. It would be better than feeling what I feel every night alone. When my husband passed away in the night, I lost my ground. I lost my sense of reality. I didn't know which way was up, which way to turn, how to speak, how to communicate. I didn't feel human anymore. I just was pure emotion. And luckily, I had a lot of amazing friends who surrounded me with love and support and continue to do so. And as time has passed, I'm amazed at the new levels of dark sadness and grief. I didn't know it could get worse than that first week, but it can. It goes deeper. And I feel like I'm at the bottom of a really dark, wet well. And the walls are slippery and unscalable. And there are people calling down to me saying, wait for the thaw, wait for spring, it'll be okay, you're going to make it. And maybe that's true, but uh, how do I survive sitting in this lonely grief well? My life used to have so much light and joy in it, and I feel like there's just a tiny flicker of candlelight now. But I guess that's better than pure darkness. I watched the shadows on the walls, and I remember who I used to be, that I used to be a partner to someone. And now there's just me with the most broken heart.
can lose everything. Somebody help me.
Seems like the bell rings time for deja vu Everything is familiar in here with you All you've ever had before you've had to understand Now all you have to do is want to have it your command been here before. I grew up a very lonely child, often on my own and alone with my thoughts. And that loneliness continued on into my young adult life until I met my husband. And he brought the bright light of companionship and unconditional love into my life. And to live without him feels impossible, and yet I know that I can't because I've done it before. I have lived this deep emptiness most of my life. One of the books that saved my life in those first few weeks after my husband's passing is Rebecca Solnit's A Field Guide to Getting Lost. And while it's not a book about death or grief specifically, it is a book about loss. 
and so many of her words were a salve to my shredded soul. I'd like to read you a really great little snippet about the myth of Demeter and Persephone. In case you aren't familiar with this ancient Greek myth, first you should go read it. But for now, I'll tell you that uh, Persephone is taken to the underworld by its king, Hades, and Demeter, her mother, goes into such deep grief that she stops making the crops grow, bringing winter to the earth for the first time. Rebecca Solnit has an interesting take on this ancient myth, and I want to quote her now. I wonder now about Demeter and Persephone. Maybe Persephone was glad to run off with the king of death to his underground realm. Maybe it was the only way she could break away from her mother. Maybe Demeter was a bad parent, the way that Lear was a bad parent, denying nature, including the nature of children to leave their parents. Maybe Persephone thought Hades was the infinitely cruel older man who held the knowledge she sought. Maybe she loved the darkness, the six months of winter, the sharp taste of pomegranates, the freedom from her mother. Maybe she knew that to be truly alive, death had to be part of the picture, just as winter must. It was as the queen of hell that she became an adult and came into power. Hades' realm is called the underworld, and so are the urban realms of everything outside the law. And as in Hopi creation myths, where humans and other beings emerge from underground, so it's from the underground that culture emerges in this civilization. Many years ago, I was a sinful girl, a sinful girl. No worries me I never lied Please read me Not much conversation ever came from me I never knew reality I never tried Please read me
are tuned in to KWTF 88.1 FM Bodega Bay and streaming live around the world on kwtf.net. Did you know that without you, KWTF wouldn't exist? I wouldn't be able to record these Spilling Rubies without your generous support. Even just $10 a month can mean the difference between staying on the air and disappearing from your life forever. Want to become a member of KWTF today? It's easy. Simply go to kwtf.net and click on that donate button. You can give a one-time gift or be a monthly donor like me. It's tax-deductible and an easy way to support this magical ship of creativity and expression. Visit kwtf.net and give what you can. You'll be so glad when you do. I could sleep, I could sleep, I could sleep, I could sleep. When I lived alone, is there a ghost in my house? I could sleep, I could sleep, I could sleep. calibration when one becomes suddenly single again. 
I had built and planned my life around this other person, and in the span of five minutes he was gone, and so was my future with him. Again, Rebecca Solnit's A Field Guide to Getting Lost was a great help to me. In this quote, she writes about a breakup, but it is eerily similar to what happens when you suddenly lose your partner to death. There isn't a story to tell because a relationship is a story you construct together and take up residence in, a story as sheltering as a house. You invent this story of how your destinies were made to entwine like porch vines. You adjust to a big view in this direction and no view in that, the doorway that you have to duck through and the window that is jammed. How who you think you are becomes a factor of who you think he is and who he thinks you are. A castle in the clouds made out of the moist air exhaled by dreamers. It's a shock to find yourself outdoors and alone again. Hard to imagine that you could ever live in another house, big where this one was small, small where it was big. Hard when your body has learned all the twists and turns of the staircase so that you could walk it in your sleep. Hard when you have built it from scratch and called it home. Hard to imagine building again.
Another great resource and salve to me during this time of grief is the work of Megan Devine, spelled D-E-V-I-N-E, and her Refuge in Grief work. And she's got a website. You can find her at refugeingrief.com. That's R-E-F-U-G-E-I-N-G-R-I-E-F dot com. I want to share some of her great words now. And I'm blending two quotes from two different interviews, but they just go so well together. This is what she says, one of the many things she says about living with grief. That hole torn in the universe will not just close back up so that you can go back to normal. No matter what happens next in your life, it will never be adequate compensation. The person you lost can't come back. That loss can't be regained. By definition, then, there is absolutely no point in time when you will recover from such a loss. And that makes it tricky. If there is no healing in terms of being as good as new, if we can't recover any more than someone who has lost their legs can simply will them to grow back, how do we go on? That's something people on the outside of grief don't realize. You lose a lot more than your person. You lose whole swaths of what was nourishment, whole planets of support. For this life now, I look for places that can receive the pain I witness every day. Places that can take this for me, because I am not meant to carry it all. For my own sanity, restoration, nourishment, making myself turn away from the screen, go out and find people to play with, cook, drive around, explore things. That's all stuff I need to do more of. Give myself a chance to turn away, to look for the unbroken places.
Charlie Bear. I just wanted to call and wish you good night. And I uh, hope you're doing okay. And I'll see you tomorrow. Bye, my sweetness. Night. surprising gifts of this horrible experience is realizing how much I am loved and cared for by my community. I've been in a place of complete vulnerability, having to ask for help in just about everything that I do, and I've been overwhelmed with gratitude for the kindness and generosity of all these people. There is a great interview in The Sun magazine with Francis Weller called The Geography of Sorrow, Francis Weller on Navigating Our Losses by Tim McKee. Francis Weller had recently written a book called The Wild Edge of Sorrow, Rituals of Renewal and the Sacred Work of Grief. And here is one piece he had to say about grief and gratitude. 
The work of the mature person is to carry grief in one hand and gratitude in the other, and to be stretched large by them. How much sorrow can I hold? That's how much gratitude I can give. If I carry only grief, I'll bend toward cynicism and despair. If I have only gratitude, I'll become saccharine and won't develop much compassion for other people's suffering. Grief keeps the heart fluid and soft, which helps make compassion possible.
to KWTF 88.1 FM Bodega Bay and streaming live around the world on kwtf.net. I want to thank you for being brave and joining me in this hour of grief. I'll have all the information about the music I've played tonight as well as links to all the articles, books, and people I quoted tonight on spillingrubies.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook. Just search for Spilling Rubies. And please know that I'm okay. I'm feeling all my feelings, expressing myself, and asking for a lot of help. And I'm supported and loved. And don't forget to share your love with KWTF by becoming a member. Just go to kwtf.net and click on that donate button. Where else would you hear such a raw and truthful broadcast about death and grief? Please support this kind of unique and authentic programming however you can. Visit kwtf.net and give what you can. I'd like to end tonight's episode with this amazing poem by John O'Donohue. He was a priest and a mystic and a philosopher, and even though he passed away suddenly in 2007, his words live on and continue to heal and companion so many in grief. I'd like to share his poem with you now. When you lose someone you love, your life becomes strange. The ground beneath you becomes fragile. Your thoughts make your eyes unsure. And some dead echo drags your voice down where words have no confidence. Your heart has grown heavy with loss. And though this loss has wounded others too, no one knows what has been taken from you when the silence of absence deepens. Flickers of guilt kindle regret for all that was left unsaid or undone. There are days when you wake up happy, again inside the fullness of life, until the moment breaks and you are thrown back onto the black tide of loss. Days when you have your heart back, you are able to function well, until in the middle of work or encounter, Suddenly, with no warning, you are ambushed by grief. It becomes hard to trust yourself. All you can depend on now is that sorrow will remain faithful to itself. 
more than you, it knows its way and will find the right time to pull and pull the rope of grief until that coiled hill of tears has reduced to its last drop. Gradually, you will learn acquaintance with the invisible form of your departed, and when the work of grief is done, the wound of loss will heal, and you will have learned to wean your eyes from that gap in the air and be able to enter the hearth in your soul where your loved one has awaited your return all the time.